You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Can you name another situation where you would choose Regina, Saskatchewan over Montreal, Quebec? There's certain establishments in Montreal that would probably be better than they, well, they're non-existent in Regina, so there's that. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Ready, set, Travis Curra, Brazilian tie, rocking and rolling on two and out this week. And actually, when you when you look at the stats, it is episode ninety eight of this thing. I I didn't think we'd be here this many years later, still rocking this podcast. Well, I think the the roster changes we made halfway through kind of helped that. Yeah, that, that's true. I guess <laughs> that probably makes it easier for you to get to ninety eight. <laughs> Probably should be at 198 by now, but <laughs> in a couple of weeks, it is CFL week in Winnipeg, and nobody really cares except me, but I, I think it'd be cool to release our 100th episode during CFL week. We're planning and hoping it's going to be a big episode. I really hope I can deliver, but next week will be episode 99. We're putting a lot of work into this. We're putting uh, together the best of to and out. We're sifting through all of these other 96, 97 episodes to see what we can come up with the best moments of the podcast up to this point. How's that going? Are you finding good stuff or should we just leave it in the past? Uh, That's a great question. So uh, that means you either have not uh, started or we've jumped the shark about 80 episodes ago. 80s being generous. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working on my half, like we discussed. Uh, odds and up, evens? But, yeah, odds and evens. I, I got the short straw, so I had to listen to the first one. <laughs> yeah, that one sucked. <laughs> Production value was a little rough. Um, I, I'm slowly getting through. I'm, instead of just hitting the 15 second, waiting for something, I'm just listening to the whole thing again. Are you? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's how I'm filling my nights. Briar on the TV. And uh, the the podcast on the headphones, and I'm just sitting here, and I don't hear the baby cry upstairs. It's great. I am so sorry you have to go through that. Have to, want to, eh. In the huddle on the Two It Out podcast. I don't know if there's anybody that exists that's listened to every episode so far. Uh, me? You? You have? Yeah, even the one that John does with Croker, it seems, every year. Yeah, I haven't. I have not listened to every episode of it. <laughs> but you download them, right, to, to I pump do. up I the do numbers? I do, I do download them. Well, then, yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> now, the last time we did a show, there was this big rumor going around that on February 23rd that uh, during the town hall, Randy Ambrosi was holding in Halifax that we would learn about a team. Well, we did not learn about anything, really, uh, during that Halifax town hall. But Anthony LeBlanc from Maritime Football Limited seemed very optimistic about it. I think it was a phenomenal turnout. I mean, we had uh, 360 chairs. They were all used and, and standing room at the back. Uh, it really is exciting for us as, as we go through the process of, of working with the league, working with local stakeholders, and obviously working with local uh, public officials to see this kind of a turnout. Uh, we do understand that there were rumors and innuendo that there might be an announcement. Uh, 
that obviously wasn't the case, but the enthusiasm and the fact that people stayed here for the full two hours is, is remarkable, and I think it just shows that there is a great, you know, groundswell of support for the concept of, of a CFL team here in the region. This is a good start. It looks like this group is going about things the right way. They see the Ottawa model and how uh, the Red Blacks have been able to take over uh, the nation's capital. I have high hopes for what this group could bring to Halifax. I I, I do too, for sure. Um, and like you said, they're going about it the right way. They're not being too pushy. They're they're jumping through the hoops that the CFL wants. Um, you know, trying trying to get all their ducks in a row before they make a huge commitment to uh, owning a CFL team and putting it out there. Let's go through the transactions that have happened since our last show. Of course, since free agency opened, it has slowed down a little bit, but still some big names were signed. Toronto Argonauts, they signed Bear Woods. Uh, They signed Taylor Reed. They signed Khalil Bass. Is this like linebacker go, got to catch them all or what? I want to know how they afforded all of this under the cap. Well, you know, now they're a part of uh, MLSE. They can hide some of those uh, salaries in Austin Matthews' deal. (laughs) I I guess there's that, and the Raptors still have five million cap room after the deadline. So So look at that. They just put it all together, and it's no big deal, really. (laughs) Yeah, uh, those are three really big names in the CFL. Um, You know, that front seven just... It seems like last year it was to be reckoned with in the second half, and it seems like they're going to start out really strong to to start the 2018 season. They were also able to bring back Jeff Fuller, which this guy's got a ton of potential. If he can stay healthy, he would be, I think, an, an amazing receiver in this league, but he has battled injury issues quite a bit. But those aren't the biggest signings that the Argos were able to make. They signed James Wilder Jr. to a two-year extension. That's right. It, it feels like it was not going to happen at all, and there was zero chance of this happening. If you went and checked out James Wilder's Twitter account, maybe this was just brilliant negotiating on his part. It looked like there was no chance he was going to be in Argo this year. Not only that, it's just the two-year extension makes no sense after everything that they've gone through. So obviously like, he's earned himself a raise for this year, which is what he wanted in the first place. Yeah. So he gets the raise, and then he gets another year onto the contract. Yeah. I, for a guy who who wanted to make the jump to the NFL and didn't think that he had any – or thought he had all the leverage, turns out we were wrong saying the team had all the power. Um, Walder got exactly what he wanted, or else he wouldn't have signed, I wouldn't think. Um, I think the NFL window for teams or for players closing here in the last week or so had a big impact. Maybe he didn't get the looks he thought he would or the meetings or anything like that. So I think he decides maybe playing football is the best option. Uh, you know, t- you take a year off, it's hard to, it's hard to get back in. Uh, so teams are going to have lots of lots to look at on film and maybe scouting trips up up here to see him play. So I think that's I think the choices he made was what was best for his football career. And you know what? Good for him. Uh, at the end of the day, he only had right around what nine starts, something like that. So he, you get yourself a raise for uh, those games that you started after Labor Day. Good for you, man. Good for you. Yeah. Those nine starts would have been a really good 18-start year. 
And he just he has to do it again. <laughs> At the end of the day, it was only half a season. Let's see mm-hmm. if he can do it for the full season. I know Argos fans are and happy stay to stay healthy. Have. The whole season is going to be another huge thing, as it always is. Yeah, it, exactly. It's a completely different story to do that over 18 games. They also bring in Anthony Calvillo. A report says he's going to be named the quarterback coach. Now, he walked away from Montreal, and he was asked, hey, are you going to join uh, Jim Pop and Mark Tressman in Toronto? And he basically flat out said no. I guess I guess he basically flat out lied. Uh, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many times have we seen that in every sport? Like, no, no, this is never going to happen. Next yep. year, that coach is fired, and a new and the coach everybody figured would be hired is hired. It, it, it's been in the works, I'm sure, for a while. Uh, Nobody wants to be in Montreal, really. I I don't see why he would right now, other than the fact it's a job, and and you can you can use that to springboard to something else. Um, but now you have Anthony Calvillo and Ricky Ray together. Um, like Toronto might be better than they were last year. And granted, they were only nine nine team, but in the second half they were they were forced to be reckoned with on both sides of the ball. And this having Anthony Calvillo look at a play that Ricky Ray runs and give him another another viewpoint and especially from him that's just that's not going to be fair for defenses in this league James Franklin would have to try to suck with <laughs> the supporting cast he has around him maybe that's intimidating maybe it's not a good thing I, I I could play through I could carry a clipboard for this team right now Can you Is even throw the ball ten Franklin, yards? Yes, I can do. I can do the dirty dancing lift. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I could send signals out with James Franklin. All right. Well, I'd like to see this happen, man. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Montreal and nobody wanting to be in Montreal, this was a crazy story that I think our Canadian Football Podcast Network friends over at uh, Piffle's Podcast got out first. It was reported that Jake Hardy, receiver from the Red Blacks, free agent, was going to sign in Montreal to the point where we knew that Montreal was going to overpay for him. And I guess he did a 180 and ends up signing in Saskatchewan. No matter what you pay Jake Hardy, it's an overpay. Oh, come on! 27 receptions, 226 yards last year. One touchdown. He's a Canadian depth receiver. He's he's a Canadian. He's got he's a national. I get that, but he's not he's not a starter. You can't you can't pay him close to starters' money. So I don't know what Saskatchewan paid him, but the fact that he turned down the what Montreal was willing to give and come to the Riders, I don't know if maybe I don't I don't know if it was money. I hope it isn't. Um, because that could put the Riders in a really tough spot if some injuries occur, which could happen with any team, really. But I think he looked at that Montreal roster he's like, uh, no. Can you name another situation where you would choose Regina, Saskatchewan over Montreal, Quebec? Mm-hmm. I was going to say the Briar because I'm watching it, but I mean... There's certain establishments in Montreal that would probably be better than they. Well, they're non-existent in Regina, so there's that. Well, imagine a briar <laughs> patch on Saint Catherine Street. That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> I wouldn't come home. 
I barely made it home from Edmonton at Worlds. So, <laughs> hey, I've had some good times on Dudney, but <laughs> Montreal, man, Montreal or Gatineau. Gatineau, put a team in Gatineau. That'll be a real home field advantage. <laughs> they end up making some signings, though. Believe it or not. Linebacker Kyle Knox, who was with the Bombers, Quinn Van Gilswick, who was with, with the Riders, and Shaq Murray Lawrence, who was with uh, the Lions there. So there's two Canadians uh, that go over to Montreal. I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. They, they still don't. Well, they don't have a quarterback. J- Josh yeah. Freeman is there, but he hasn't taken a snap in the CFL. But, ah. Uh, I'd like to give Cavis the the benefit of the doubt, but I don't think they can be worse than last year. It would be so great if we get another one of those press conferences or media scrums with Cavis Reed where he can barely talk and he's literally seething and he's has to carry around a towel to wipe away the foam from the side of his mouth. Actually foaming from the mouth. There has to be consequences now. There has to be consequences now. Just there has to be consequences. Enough of talking about it. There has to be consequences for it. It's just not acceptable. We're not good enough to to be as undisciplined as we are at home and allow teams to continue drives and allow our drives to be stalled because of it. Enough of talking about it. There has to be consequences. I get it. That was one of the best media scrums I've ever seen. I, I want to see it again. I know it'll mean Montreal's really bad, and they're playing like crap, but it, it was so good, and it just showed the raw emotion that he has and how, how bad he wants to win, but just the team he's assembling isn't going to be able to do it, I don't think. Former BC Lion Craig Rowe signs in Winnipeg. The Lions also sign uh Former Argo quarterback Cody Fajardo will get to the Lions a little bit more pretty quickly here. Over to Ottawa, they release Ryan Lindley, who former Arizona Cardinals quarterback. He he did start uh, what one or two games for them last season. One of them, which, which one of them for the Arizona Cardinals was the worst football game ever played. Seattle and Arizona it was six three, and it's probably or it might have been nine nine three, but it was one of the worst football games ever played. I don't think that's it's the worst on, it's game on YouTube. Of all time. You have to look it up. I don't think that's the worst football game of all time. Mm, it's up there. There was a Steelers game years ago where they replaced the turf because of the uh, university. Yes, and it, it rained cats and dogs. Jeff Reed missed three kicks that day, but that has to be the worst football game ever played. Nope, impossible because it was the Steelers. Oh, so there, it comes out. <laughs> Just ask Superfan Mike, he'll agree. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Red Blacks end up signing Kyrie Zebear, who's the last Ottawa Red Black. Uh, no, not Ottawa Red Black. Last Ottawa <laughs> Renegade still in the league. Yeah, the Dirty Bird. That is awesome. Now, now what do we call him? I don't know. All right, but la- last year, you know, 18 games, 110 tackles. He's still got something left in the tank by the looks of it. It was his best season that he had out of the – since – well, he's missed a couple here and there, but he started in 2004. But last year was his highest tackle total. Um, he only had two sacks, one pick, but, I mean, the guy can still play. 
They also uh, bring in Michael Clausen, uh, Canadian defensive lineman, so that is a good signing for the Red Blacks. A lot of changes happening in Edmonton. Uh, they, they signed Buddy Jackson, a DB. Uh, they lose their offensive coordinator, Carson Walsh, as he takes an NFL job. Um, but really, he was just a figurehead, don't you think? That, I'm pretty sure Jason Moss was calling all the plays. Well, <laughs> if he's the one that called the field goal. <laughs> he was the, just there. He, I, I think I think he would have been gone long before now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just there. He's the guy that, in case they do CFL Wired, is on TV, and Jason Moss doesn't have to be. Simple as that. They end yeah, up signing fair. Simeon Rotier. Um, Andrew du- Andrew Jones signs a one-day contract with the Eskimos and retires. And DeAnthony Batiste retires from the Eskimos and becomes a conditioning coach with the Oakland Raiders. So a lot the of changes. Raiders. A lot of changes happening with the Eskimos here uh, this coming season. Although they, they haven't made a big splash when it comes to free agency. And I, I kind of expected them to since they're hosting the, the Grey Cup. Yeah, it's a little weird, but you look at the team they had last year, and it was a damn good football team. It was. Um, but but at that same time, when free agency hit, they lost a lot of big names, um, namely Zilstra and Bowman. Now their, their top two receivers are gone. Uh, so, so something will eventually have to get done with that. Um, but you look at the guys that they have on that roster still, and Duke Williams and names like that, that and Bryant Mitchell. You know, those guys are going to have to pick up those yards too. I was still expecting... A, a big name signing as a receiver didn't get it, um, but hopefully those guys pan out to what they think. Well, last year they had they had a hell of a year because they had the opportunity. So now they have an opportunity to be a starter, and you know they're going to come into camp. I, I would think, assuming that they have jobs. So hopefully that doesn't uh, doesn't affect them to where they think they can mail it in. Um, but yeah, with them hosting the Grey Cup, I was thinking for some more big name signings, not all the losses they had in uh, free agency. The Calgary Stampeders are named number one in the power rankings, very early power rankings. Is that accurate? Bama gets ranked at number one coming into every year. They do. Right? And I get it. They're a good football team. Like Calgary, somebody's got to knock you off the top, knock you off the top of the pedestal. Um, that well, they being did said, get knocked off in November, didn't they? they? That being said, this is a regular season poll, and so, yeah, they should be number one. Oh, okay. Playoffs poll would be different. Wow, would it, though? (laughs) Great Playoffs from Grey Cup are two different – those are two different things. (laughs) uh, Let's be honest. Grey Cup is a neutral site game. You know, you – it's it's a totally different animal. It's a longer halftime. It's more of a lead-up. You know, there's a lot more stuff going around that. I don't know if that has to do with why Calgary sucks in the Grey Cup. But, um, like, yeah, preseason rankings, yeah, they should be number one. And until they lose meaningful games, I don't see how they lose that spot. And before we get uh, to the BC Lions, a quick note from Hamilton. Orlando Steinauer is back in the hammer as assistant head coach. Jerry Glanville is now their defensive coordinator. This guy's 76 years old. Henry Burris didn't have 
too many nice things to say about the Tiger Cats. Basically calling them a gong show, but it did kind of seem like sour grapes ever since <laughs> talking about his release from the Tiger Cats back in, what, 2013, 2014 there. Well, whenever he gets mad at somebody, the next year he joins them. Yes. <laughs> see TSN panel. So let's let this year play out and see where Henry Burris shows up next year. If he's a coach in, in Hamilton, then we'll know the gig's up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, Henry! But it, it, hey, look at that! Oh, Henry! But now, now I'm just hungry. Yes, they do need some new blood in that coaching staff in Hamilton, wouldn't you think? I, I don't know if it's the coaching staff or upper management that needs the fresh blood. Um, June Jones came in last year after the first seven games, was it, or six games, and you know, put in. Jeremiah Masoli and that team turned around from what they were at the beginning of the year. So I don't, I don't know if it's the coaching staff so much needs to be changed as maybe Kent Austin to you a know, certain extent. Maybe no coach is a long-term solution, but none of that seems like long-term spots unless Steinauer is just going to be groomed to take over for June Jones when he's ready that, to go. That would be my assumption that he's the coach in waiting. Yeah, it, it has to be. And, and he's been around the games long enough and knows yeah. enough about it that it shouldn't be that big of a transition. And if, and like you said, um, he's named the assistant head coach, so he's going to be involved um, way more than just a coordinator would be. And, you know, it, try to make it as seamless as possible either next year or the year after where he takes over, I would think. The biggest news of the day has to be of defensive lineman Euclid Cummings, who... I have not seen this happen before. Uh, the CFL releases a statement earlier this morning saying that they avoided his contract with the BC Lions because of some criminal charges. But the criminal charges at that time, I guess, were under a publication ban. And nobody knew what they were. But now those charges are out as of just two hours ago, he is charged with sexual assault, assault, and uttering threats to cause death or bodily harm to one person and the sexual assault of another. Now, let's go through the timeline here. If these incidents happened October 16th, 2016, when he was still a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Now, the charges came out in April... Uh, of last year and he played all last year with Edmonton and I guess he's got a court date in Vancouver this October uh, he had a $70,000 bonus that the BC Lions gave to him they can't get that back it will be counted against their salary cap he was going to get paid $150,000 this year I find it Crazy. Do you think they were able to hide this from the Eskimos all last season? Or were the Eskimos helping them hide it? And that's that's a bigger issue if that's the case. It is. Um would, would he he would have been able to hide it on his own and not tell the team. Um but if Edmonton knew and then kind of figured that something would happen once these charges came to light and that's why they traded him. That looks really shady. Um, 
but I have a feeling um, just the way that that front office in Edmonton uh, runs that that team, and you know how big of a how big of a foothold they have in the community. That if this came to light when he was there, that I don't think he still would have been there. Yeah, I I really don't think they knew either. And there's all this talk that you know Ed Hervey and the Lions should have done their due diligence before making this happen. It just makes it even worse that. The court date and the incident happened in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, are we going to start running background checks on every single person that you trade for or sign? You could, I guess, but now you've got to do it in all provinces, all the states, you know, and there's any chance that you think that 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 could have happened. The one thing that I don't like is that if BC didn't know about this, and sign him to that deal, that $70,000 shouldn't count against the cap. That's what I was just going to ask. That $70,000, take it or leave it. What do you think? All right. If they knew that if they knew that this could be an issue and they still signed him and gave him that bonus, then, yeah, it should count against the cap if, if they knew about this could happen. But if they, if they signed this in good faith, thinking that, you know, this – or not even knowing that this was an issue – I, I I get it. It's a bonus, and we we've, we've had a lot of trouble with bonuses this year. Let's be honest. When it comes to releasing players, um, it I just it just you know it just get it shouldn't count. I don't think because you you just you're hamstringing a team because of a guy's mis- of a of a player's mistake that wasn't even on the field. The these charges coming out. If the if the Lions didn't know, then they sh- this contract is voided. So that should everything should just be wiped. He obviously gets to keep the seventy thousand dollars, but I don't think it should count against the cap. Ed Hervey has said that uh, he didn't know. Uh, of course, that's what he's going to say. Um, I mean, why, why would he say anything else uh, when it comes to the comes to the public? But. Man, that's seventy thousand dollars. How many the the riders get teased for it? I know this. I, I I'm I'm hesitant to make the comparison, but you give somebody a thirty five thousand dollars signing bonus and they retire the next day. That is not a decision you just make overnight. <laughs> no, you're taking the money and running, right? Yeah. So I, I think it might be tough luck with this, and I don't know if. You should be giving guys seventy thousand dollar bonuses anyway. Yeah, that's it's a little steep. That, that <laughs> that's half of the contract. Um, the one the one thing that, that's you that's Euclid Cummings negotiating negotiating in bad faith, in my opinion, because he he knows that the, the, there's charges against him, and he knows that this could affect his career, and he doesn't say anything. So now, like, not only it looks bad because of the allegations and the, the pending charges, but it looks bad because he did this and just, well, whatever, I'm going to take the money, and if I get caught, I get caught. Like, that looks really bad, too. Oh, that, he, 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 he can't look any worse. He's got these no. charges against him, but you're right. Double douchebag move here. I don't know whether you're trying to get this bonus to cover your legal fees. I've seen that theory floating around as well. But, man, you tried to hide this. You maybe succeeded 
at it with the Eskimos. Couldn't do it with the Lions. I think Ambrosi, he's a get-her-done guy. We've seen it so far during his tenure. And, man, he made this happen fast. Nobody knew what the charges were, and his contract was already voided. Yeah, I think he, he gets out in front of things. And I and like that's great for the league, you know. He, he is there is cleaning up in professional sports that needs to be done. You look at Drew Doughty in, in the NHL. You look at the numerous player Greg Hardy included in the NFL. Numerous numerous charges, drug offenses, everything down there. Baseball with the steroids. All these leagues need to clean up, so to speak. And Ambrosi's at the forefront with the CFL right now, making sure that he gets out in front of things and getting things done the way he wants it done and handling it. And, you know, it puts out puts out this release and says, this is what's happening, that's it, no further comment. And, that, and that's, that's what you need. You, we need to get stuff, you need to make decisions, get it done, and make sure that, that player and the team, to well, depending on the situation, is punished. Whether it be... Um, like with the Art Bryles incident, when he tried to come to Hamilton, like, no, you're not, you're not bringing in Art Bryles after the uprise, after the uproar from the fan base. You know, Ambrosi stepped out, made sure that was taken care of. He's done this all year, rule changes and everything. He's just getting out in front, and it's really good to see that there's actually a face to this league, unlike the shoe filler we had before. And I guess right now we've got some breaking news here. I guess back in 2016, the Bombers were actually aware of this investigation and they did their due diligence. They ended up letting the CFL know. So at the end of the 2016 season, they did not renew his contract, but he ended up signing as a free agent with the Eskimos and the Eskimos were not aware of the charges. He wasn't officially charged until April, uh, April 21st of that year. But on April 12th, uh, Jeffrey Orridge announced that he was stepping down. Apparently, he was still going to be on the job until June 30th. Randy Ambrosi didn't come in until July 5th. So it's all a bit crazy. It looks like this just kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit somehow. Nobody was able to know or the news didn't get passed on to the new commissioner or they just didn't hear about the charges when they were officially made in April of last year. Either way, maybe Ambrosi didn't know until now, just found out and ended up laying down the hammer. So you're right. He is better uh, at getting in front of things than the ghost. (laughs) Yeah, the ghost. <laughs> and not that movie with Patrick Swayze either. Oh, that's such a good movie. <laughs> You're a Swayze guy, aren't you? Well, I mean, how can you not be? Have you seen Roadhouse? Hey, back in the day, like... Hey, look look at my fantasy hockey team name. The Hamilton Mustangs. Little Dean Youngblood, never hurt nobody. <laughs> The great Patrick Swayze flick. Swayze had great hair, too. Oh, the best. (laughs) Oh, no. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. I'm angry elking this entire segment. (laughs) That's not my joke. This is going to be the longest angry elk of all time. (laughs) I can't in good faith release this. We're calling other people bad people. 
Uh, don't uh, we'll just cut that part out and we'll splice together. It'll still sound like it's live. <laughs> Leave right, that on buddy. the blooper reel for the greatest hits. <laughs> That's a quick one. Episode ninety-eight <laughs> of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Ninety-nine will come out next week and during CFL week in Winnipeg. I won't be in Winnipeg, but you'll get uh, episode one hundred of Two and Out, and we're gonna make it a. Make it a pretty damn good one. And before we go, we got to mention Big Brother Canada started on Wednesday. I don't know what season this is. I'll be honest. I've never watched this show ever, an episode, a minute. But Ryan from the Horseman Radio Podcast, part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, is a competitor on Big Brother. How, How unreal is that? <laughs> Honestly, man, he is going to crush it. Do you want? Do you want to hear his his little profile that he's got on the website? Okay, what's it say? <laughs> a witty, self-professed troll. Ryan <laughs> is a Big Brother Canada super fan and avid series pundit who plans to manipulate the house guests and find the perfect secret alliance partner. Okay, now I don't know anything about this show. I haven't watched it. Has there ever been somebody that? willingly wants to be the heel I don't know but if he doesn't bust out the razor Ramon at some point and flick a toothpick at somebody I'm going to be mad <laughs> like usually I, I think they're just natural like douchebags and then they become the heel Ryan wants to be the bad guy and well like you know the bad guy usually wins for most of the movie. Most of the movie. If he learns, <laughs> if he loses in the final and makes me watch an entire season of Big Brother, I'll be choked. Then he wins, really. <laughs> and let's, let's be honest. He cheers for Calgary. He's going to make the final and then lose. <laughs> Just kidding, Ryan. <laughs> well, best of luck to him. And uh, check it out. One of our uh, favorite CFL fans and members of the community is on that show. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, follow and like on Facebook and Twitter at 2 CFL. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.